You're listening to Give Your Life Away, a devotional podcast from Canyon Bible Church of Prescott designed to equip you with the truth of God's Word and encourage you in the pursuit of ascribing glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to the Give Your Life Away podcast. Today we come to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 16. Paul writes this, For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain. But though we had already suffered and had been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. For our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive. But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not to please men, but to please God who tests our hearts. For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also, how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you believers. For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. For you, brothers, became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews, who killed both the Lord Jesus and the prophets, and drove us out, and displeased God and opposed all mankind, by hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles, that they might be saved, so as always to fill up the measure of their sins, but wrath has come upon them at last. In this passage, Paul details certain characteristics about his ministry in these verses. He also commends the church for some things that are true of them as well. So he talks about his ministry and, and what how he ministered to them. And he also highlights, again, some of the things that he was encouraged by in their lives. I thought it would be helpful today to remind you of some of the ways that a pastor should conduct themselves in ministry. I also thought it'd be helpful to hear about what Paul commends the church for. So whether you're a church leader today or a member of your church, may you be reminded of what should be true in your lives by looking at Paul and the Thessalonian church. So first, let's look at pastoral ministry, some some characteristics that be, should be true of pastors. First, we notice that Paul declares the gospel boldly. This should certainly be true of a pastor. They should speak the gospel as it is given in the scriptures. We know that this gospel is not a popular message in the world, and it should not be preached quietly, silently. It should be declared boldly. We see that in Paul. Secondly, we see Paul being faithful to the gospel. He says that he's been entrusted with a gospel. 
It's like if you've been entrusted with something that, that is worth millions and millions of dollars and it's been handed to you by a grandparent and you need to pass it on to the next generation. Well, you make sure that that thing is not tarnished, ruined, compromised. You keep it intact in the form that it was given to you so that you can pass it down to the next generation. You don't want it compromised, changed, watered down. You want to stay true to the message in this case of the gospel. So Paul knows that he's been entrusted with the gospel. And all true pastors, all true ministers know that we're not here to invent anything new or try to change something about the way the gospel is communicated or to change some aspect of the gospel so that it's more easily digested. No, our task is to be faithful to it as it was given to us, as it's detailed in the scriptures. So Paul understands faithfulness to the gospel. Thirdly, he refused to preach the gospel out of greed. There are times that preaching the gospel could come with certain benefits, financial benefits, benefits of popularity, and, and even can, can do so much that uh, it ends up exalting a man rather than God. Paul was very wary of that. The false teachers do that. Even false teachers today do that. They can, they can preach in a way where they get rich off of the gospel or whatever it may be. That wasn't true of Paul's ministry. And so for a faithful pastor to, to continue in the ministry the Lord would have them, you don't do that ministry because of what you get out of it. You do that ministry because you're a servant. Fourthly, Paul refused to fear man when preaching the gospel. This is similar to the first one where he declares the gospel boldly, but he refused to fear man when preaching the gospel. The gospel could cause someone their life. It could cause them popularity. It could cause them, cost them friends. It could cost them a number of things. But Paul refused to fear man when preaching the gospel. This is something that's true of true gospel ministers. They will have controversy. People will not agree with what they say, but they continue doing it and they don't fear man. Next, something wonderful that doesn't often get talked about in pastoral ministry, but Paul was gentle in his conduct. He actually compares himself to a nursing mother. So I would say to all pastors or leaders, church leaders today, be gentle in your conduct. Yes, we preach a strong truth, a strong message. The message that God is angry at sinners and out of his love he is willing to save them and make them his own children, and they must repent and believe in order for that to happen, that's not a popular message, and that's, that's actually a strong message. To say that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that's a, that's a strong message. To say that you must repent or you'll be judged is a strong message. So we preach a strong message, but we preach it with a gentle demeanor. We, we, we talk to people before and after the message. We talk to people all throughout the week with gentleness. We are, in a sense, uh, nursing mothers trying to bring about growth in the children that we care about and love. So be gentle in your conduct if you are a leader. Sixth, give yourselves to your people. Paul gave himself to his people. He said that he not only brought them the gospel, the message, but also himself. And this is so helpful to me. This is so helpful today. I think there are a lot of times where the, the pastor might be the preacher on Sunday, but there's no real connection with the people. I'm going to kind of sit there and study and preach, and there's no connection with the people. But Paul would not have known that type of ministry. Jesus himself did not know that ministry. He would preach, and then he would live among the people. This is true pastoral ministry. See, pastors are not just preachers. 
Pastors are preachers and they are shepherds at the same time. Preaching is just one aspect of their overall shepherding. So give yourselves to your people. And I would even say this if you're a small group leader, discipleship group leader, whatever you may be, give yourselves to your people. Seventh, demonstrate righteous conduct. Robert Murray McShane said, the thing that my people need most is my personal holiness. There's a lot of truth in that statement. Paul demonstrated righteous conduct that showed that his, that his life was credible. He believed what he taught, and he could call on others to do the same thing, to respond the same way. Number eight, exhort, encourage, and charge people to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Paul said earlier that he likened himself to a, a nursing mother. Well, here he likens himself to a father who's instructing exhorting, encouraging, and charging his children to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. And this is something that also has to be true of pastors. It's one thing to preach a sermon, but can you exhort someone in a one-on-one setting? Can you encourage someone? Can you charge someone to walk differently than maybe they are today because they're going to be walking in a manner worthy of the Lord? He deserves their walking in this way. That's a part of pastoral ministry. I told you also I wanted to touch on some things that Paul commends in the Thessalonian church just for church members to be helped by that. So Paul commends two things specifically to church members. One, accept teaching as a word from the Lord. Accept teaching as a word from the Lord. So many times we talk about a pastor's sermon or a pastor's message or what he says here and what he says there. But really, the message should not be tied to him. It should be tied to the Lord, seen as coming from God himself. This is so important for people in a church to understand. Every single Sunday when you gather, the, the pastor doesn't have a sermon for you so much as God has a sermon for you. God has a text He wants you to understand. God has a text that he wants to preach to you by the power of the Spirit. God works through his word. I would even say this, every single Sunday that you miss, and I know there are some good reasons to miss, sickness or whatever it may be, but every single Sunday that you miss, know that you are missing out on God speaking to his people people corporately, which is a precious thing and something that God himself does not take lightly. So realize the value and the importance of sitting under teaching from the Word of God on a Sunday-by-Sunday basis or even a a, a Tuesday-by-Tuesday basis if you're in a Bible study on Tuesday or whatever it may be. Realize that when the Word of God is opened and taught, it's God speaking to you through a man. That's how he's determined to do it, but it's God speaking to you. So accept teaching as a word from the Lord. See teaching that way. Secondly, these Thessalonian Christians have imitated other faithful Christians, the faithful Christians in Judea who were suffering for their faith. They have, they have responded likewise. So you take a faithful Christian that you may know. It may be someone in your life. It may be someone uh, in, in your immediate context, in your immediate church, or it may be someone who you knew from a time past or someone that lives uh, in some other far, far off area. But you know of their faithfulness and you imitate them in that. That's a good thing. There is a doctrine of imitation in the New Testament. Clearly, imitation is important to Jesus. It's important to Paul. Paul's constantly talking about, you imitated me or imitate me as I imitate Christ or follow Christ. So imitation is something that faithful Christians do. They learn from other Christians who are more mature than them, and they imitate those Christians as they imitate Christ. 
Well, I hope this has been helpful and clarifying and that there are some practical ways that you could respond to the passage that God has given to us today. If you've been encouraged by the Give Your Life Away podcast, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you'll find us online at canyonprescott.org. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for Give Your Life Away. We